This morning we're talking about the great equalizer. The great equalizer. So you can write that down, tap, type it in your phone or tablet or whatever you do. The great equalizer. And let's look at Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. It shall not cease. It shall not cease. Now, as long as the earth remains, do you understand that the earth is not going anywhere until God says it's time? And he... And, and that means that we're done, we're done on the earth, basically, right? You understand that we're not going anywhere, the earth is not going anywhere until God said it. And I want you to notice something. He also says this, that summer and winter will not cease Amen. as long as the earth remains. That's a promise from God. Global warming? Mm-mm. That verse right there. The global warming is coming against that verse right there. Not happening. Right? They, hey, look, the earth cools and warms. It's been doing it for thousands of years, and it will continue to do it. But summer and winter will not cease in the time of man. Summer and winter will not cease as long as the earth remains. It's a promise from God. But here's something else that will not cease. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. In other words, you can go out, as long as the earth is here, you can go and take a seed, plant it in the field, and if it is a good seed, and if it's good soil, you plant the seed, time happens, and a harvest will happen. Yeah. This is a promise from God. If there's any farmers in the room, uh, you ought to know this, and you ought to be standing on this. When I plant a seed, it brings about a harvest. Amen? When I plant a seed, it brings about a harvest. You can take that verse right there and stand on it. Everybody else might not have a harvest, but the Lord told me, as long as the earth remains, seed time harvest. Say it with me. Say harvest. harvest. It's harvest time. Harvest. All the time. All the time. Seed Time, harvest. It's your harvest time. All you have to do is be diligent to plant the seeds. Now, it just so happens, just so happens, I got some seeds right here. Would y'all like a seed? Johnny, get that. I'll get the first row. Would y'all like a seed? I want you to keep this. I want you to keep this, and I want it to be a reminder of this message. I want you to keep this, and when you see this seed, I want you to remember this message, the great equalizer, the great equalizer. Now, it's interesting because uh, here's, here's what happens. God says, I'll give seed to the sower. I'll give seed to the sower. Here you go. I'll give seed to the sower. Amen. Glory to God. Seed, time, and harvest. So the Lord has taken care of the seed, the Lord has taken care of the time, and the Lord has taken care of the harvest. What's our job? Receive the seed, plant the seed, have faith that a harvest is coming up. This is our job. Receive the seed, purpose in our heart to be a sower, because he doesn't give seed to non-sowers. It doesn't say he gives seed to non-sower. He says he gives seed to sowers. So if you don't have seed, what does that tell you about your heart to sow? Yeah. 
That'll check you, right? If you don't have seed, anybody ever been in an offering besides me? Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been in an offering like, Lord, if I had something, I sure would give it. Don't tell anybody that story. Because he gives seed to a sower, right? I mean, I'm telling you mine now, but it's for an example, a bad one, right? He gives seed to the sower. So as we purpose in our heart to be a sower, he'll give seed to us. He'll give us seed. A farmer, hey, you don't have seed ready to go in the soil. You just say, Lord, I'm going to plant this seed. I'm asking you for seed. He'll give seed to the sower. You can believe God by faith that he'll give me seed. But our job is then to receive the seed, to purpose in our heart to be a sower, receive the seed, and then to plant it in faith in expectation of a harvest. You realize that you don't have to, you don't have to believe God that a harvest is coming. How many, how many people ever heard a story of farmers that plant and then they don't have a harvest, right? Well, not everybody receives a harvest just because they planted a seed. But when we stand on the word of God, we have the right to believe God for a harvest every time. There's one season in God, and that season is productivity. He says every step will get brighter and brighter. Every step will get brighter and brighter. There's one season in the Lord, production. And he says, look, I'll give you the seed, I'll give you the time, I'll, I'll give you the harvest. But we have to put faith on that. The things of God and the kingdom of God, they're received by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world or overcomes lack is our faith. So we have to say, Lord, I trust your word. I trust you that when I plant a seed, I trust you you'll give me the seed. I trust you that you will give me the harvest. Now, what's interesting about this is you're going to see that the kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom of God is like a seed. And seeds are the great equalizer. The great equalizer. We're going to look at that. Let's look at Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. Let's just read a little bit. Now Jesus is preaching here. And he says this. He began to teach by the seed, by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and he was saying to them and his teacher, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. So what's he preaching on here? He's preaching on seed time and harvest, right? And he's saying as long as the earth remains... Seed, time, and harvest remains. Now, why is, why is this going to be important? We're going to find out today why this is, this is important. Because if you don't understand seed, time, and harvest, you will not understand how the kingdom functions. And so one of the first things that he uses seed, time, and harvest in that, that people need to get is in finances. Now, we're not just talking about finances this morning. But one of the first places he talks about it is always in finances. And one of the things that happens is, you'll see, is over in Luke, uh, it talks about this. That if you don't understand, he talks about money, and he talks about giving and sowing money. He says, if you don't understand this small thing concerning giving in your finances, how will I give you the greater riches? 
how will I get the deeper things, the more powerful things of the kingdom of God to you if you don't even know how to operate in the money side of it? Money's just one thing. That's the, that's the 101 in the kingdom of God. It's like kingdom 101 when you start to understand about finances and money. I'm going to show that to you today. And this is not, look, we're not lacking on anything at the church. This is not to get you to give more. This is to get you to understand how do you harvest in the kingdom? What does the Bible say about your harvest? And why do you need to harvest? Am I talking about you harvesting money? Well, yes, but not only that. I'm talking about how to harvest a healing. I'm talking about, how you see, you can't get over into that place until you understand seed time and harvest. And one of the things you're going to see, the beauty of what God's done is when he gives a seed, yeah. when he gives you a seed, it's the great equalizer. And you'll, you'll see what I mean by that in a few minutes. Let's read this. He said he was teaching them in parables. Listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun, Now, who's preaching here? I mean, today, I'm preaching, but what I'm preaching is not what I came up with. This is Jesus. So as soon as you start to talk about finances, why, this is why a lot of the church shuts down, but they don't know what Jesus said. This is not me preaching this. This is Jesus preaching. I'm just reading to you what he said. Don't let the devil keep you out of 101. Don't let the devil keep you out of kingdom 101 and you never advance in the greater things of the kingdom. Don't, don't shut your mind. Don't let your mind shut you off when your spirit's yearning to go higher. This is Jesus. All right. He says this. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded, it, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now everybody there was hearing them with their ears, but not everybody there was hearing them with ears of the Spirit. They had shut down their heart. Why? Because he was basically talking about money. It's one of the things. They're like, oh, there's a preacher talking about money. One of the things that you're going to see in this, what I love about this, when it, the reason this message is called the great equalizer, what I love about this is you're going to see why God uses money and why he uses seed time and harvest as a base for the kingdom today. And it is beautiful. It is actually the love of God poured out on humanity in such a way so that everybody, no matter who they are or where they come from or what their background is, it doesn't matter who they are, God set up seed time and harvest so that no matter where they are, they could jumpstart their life and their action in the kingdom. It is a thing of beauty and a thing of God's grace and his love. And the devil fights it. Oh my goodness, the devil fights it. Why? Because he never wants the love of God to reach people. He wants to keep them in bondage. 
bondage. He wants to keep them held down. But God said, I'm going to give them a way to circumvent every plan of the enemy. I'm going to give them a way called seed time and harvest. And I'm going to make it a kingdom law. And I'm going to give every person a way to circumvent every bondage in their life. No matter how bound they've been, no matter where they've come from, I'm going to equalize everybody and put them on a playing field so that everybody, no matter who they are or where they've been, they can rise up and come out of the pits. Amen? All right, so then he says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I'll say that to you this morning. Open up your, the ears of your spirit to hear all of this, not just the portion that you want or the portion that you think is right. Open up your ears, not to Brian, but open up your ears to the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost start to teach and write some things on your heart today so that you can always move to higher places in God. Then he says this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables, so that... While seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And now, I want you to see this. What he says is, at any moment, at any moment, if they will open up their ears to hear, this is what he's saying in context, at any moment, if any person opens up their heart to receive from God and hears they can be forgiven and move forward. They can come up out of the pit that they've been in. They can come out of mediocrity. They can come out of that place called average and they can move into the things of God. He says in 2 Corinthians, but thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Who doesn't sometimes lead us in triumph. He's always, all it takes is somebody who will say, I'm going I'm to pay attention to what God's saying. And I'm going to operate on his way in the kingdom ways. And immediately we'll start to move to victory. Not to neutral, not to average, not to mediocrity, to victory. This is what God makes available. All right. Looking at verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Now, what, what parable was he talking about? Talking about the parable of the sower. The sower is sowing seeds. He said, do you not understand this parable about sowing and about seeds? And watch what he says. How will you understand all of the parables? Right. If you don't understand about sowing and basically seed time and harvest, how are you going to understand anything else in the kingdom? How are you going to understand anything else I'm telling you? Verse 14, huge, huge. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So what's the seed? The word. The word. This is the ultimate seed. So when we start talking about seed time and harvest, understand that it's not just about money. The ultimate seed is the word of God. It's, it's the word. He said, these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. This is the way of the devil. He immediately comes to steal the seed of the word. I've seen this so many times. I'll be preaching. I'll be preaching. I remember one service in particular. 
there was somebody who was all wrapped up in spiritual bondage. And we were praying, and we were praying for people, and people were getting free. And this guy felt like it was his duty to stand over here and greet everybody that just got prayed for. And he was so in bondage, almost everybody knew it but him. And he was he's one of those guys that's weird, right? Weird. I've seen this so many times in ministry. And he's weird. So here these people are, and they're getting, uh, they're getting, they're receiving from God, and they're sitting here, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden they receive from God. Glory to God. God's healing me. God's delivering me. God's bringing me up out of the pit. And here's weirdo. Here's weird guy. Weird, you know, weird church guy, you know. I think I've seen these in almost every church, this weird church guy. What is it there? Immediately after receiving the seed, do you understand that a lot of people, most people when they pray in a church that knows what they're doing, they actually receive the power of God every time they get healed. The trouble is they don't know how to keep it. And the devil sets people in the place to even try to steal it before they get out the door. The devil immediately comes to steal the seed of the word. Immediately comes. Immediately comes to steal the seed of the word. That's what that was. I went up to the guy. I said, if you don't remove yourself, I will forcefully remove you myself. Why? Because I could see what was happening. Now, at this point, I was just learning this process. I didn't fully understand it. But I said, look, if you, I, listen, he didn't move. I came back the second time. I was a little bit more clear <laughs> and he moved that time and I didn't have to remove him forcefully but I would have because he is stealing the seed from every person there standing over here acting strange and acting weird he was trying to shake everybody's hand yep. that just came through the prayer line every single one of them that's the devil trying to steal the seed and making them feel unsure about the good thing that they just got. The good thing from God, the seed of the word. The devil's plan and his strategy is always to come immediately and steal the seed of the word. Have you ever heard a great message? And can you see already how seed time and harvest is a kingdom thing? Have you ever heard a message and in here you're like, glory to God, amen, and you barely get to the car and all of a sudden, it, you know, the devil's like, that's not what it really says. Are you sure that that's what it meant? He comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. How many of you have ever gotten prayer for something, some kind of healing in your body? And then before you even hardly get home, you felt like you were healed at church. Before you even get home, you feel like you're sick again or feel like it's messed up again. Don't raise your hand. But <laughs> I have many times, right? What's the devil doing? Coming to steal the seed. And he doesn't wait, like, let it get, oh, I'm healed for four weeks and then come back. No, he comes immediately. He comes immediately. Many times what will happen is, uh, you'll be listening to the message, like today. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the message, while the word is being preached and the seed's being preached, and you'll be like, did I, did I do that thing this week at work? What's he doing? Stealing, coming immediately to steal the seed of the word before you can even get it. It's coming out of my mouth, coming into your ears and into your spirit. And in between me and you, he's trying to stop it by getting you to think about stuff. 
He come, this is his way. He comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. And so we only listen halfway in a message and we only get half of it, if any. Because we didn't get the important points because we weren't paying attention. Let me just tell you something too. Many times it can be like this. You see, people think they're being holy and spiritual, and I used to think this way too, but let me, I'll just, I'll give you something that really helped me. I can, many times, many times, I'm sitting there in a message, and I'm reading, I'm reading along with, oh, the sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the, I wonder what that uh, note on the side says. Let me read it. Oh, and it gives me another scripture. And then you flip over there, and you're reading that. The anointed word for you for this moment is being preached and you're over here reading something else. And it's good and it's truth, but it is not what's given to you at that moment. What's happened is the devil has gotten you in your head instead of receiving in your spirit. And what he's doing is he's immediately coming to steal the seed of the word. See, if you don't understand these things, can you see how much can be stolen from you? Everything can because all of a sudden, I don't understand the kingdom operates by seed, time, and harvest. So can you see, there's a lot more than just money already. We're not just talking about money. We're talking about kingdom. We're talking about how it operates. How are you going to operate in the great and mighty things of God if you don't understand the kingdom principle? Right. The word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They go into captivity for a lack of understanding. One of those great things that they don't understand and they don't have knowledge about is seed time and harvest. Let's keep reading. The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. 16. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. This is when you're in church on Sunday morning and you're like right there with the preacher. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Amen! But they have no firm root. Maybe they're new. They receive They're like, Lord, that's awesome stuff he's preaching. But they don't have any roots. So they amen while they're there. But it's just not working throughout the week yet. Because they haven't cultivated the soil. Right. If you've ever. if The kingdom is like seed time and harvest. If you've ever broken new ground. To plant a new, uh, a new field. Have a new garden. Right? You got rocks and, so, you know, rocks and roots. And hard soil. And you got to break that thing up. You know I did it one time on about an acre and a half. A new garden, never been a garden before. Good gracious, that was some work. And I was out there with the tiller for, it felt like days. I don't know how long it was, but I was strong after it and in, and in pain as well. And I, was, I mean, just, it was like, I, I got to work out. And every time I'd go back through it, there'd be more rocks and roots that would come up. And I'd have to get those things and throw them out. And I'd have to, I needed to get that soil where it would receive it. I needed to get that soil deep. I needed to get it where the roots would go deep so that it would be a healthy garden. But every time I went back through that to get it deeper and to get that, to tenderize that soil, tenderize the soil of our hearts, I'd find another rock, 
of bad doctrine. I'd find another route that was there to trip me up and just be in my way every time. But I had to work on it. I have, you may be new in church. You might not know anything. But if you just keep working, all of a sudden you'll get it to the place where I got that garden where it was just there's no rocks. There's no roots, right? All of a sudden the soil is tender, ready to receive. And it will bring about not just a little bit of harvest, but a big harvest in your life. Big freedom. The kingdom is like seed time and harvest. There's so many parallels. He says immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Now let me just tell you, you don't have affliction and persecution uh, because you're, you're so great and mighty necessarily. It's, the affliction and persecution comes because of the word. It's because of the word. And, and don't keep affliction and persecution for years and years and years. Even the greatest story we have about it with Job, scholars tell us the most that lasted was two years, the most that lasted. Some people, they'll claim persecution and affliction for 20 or 30 years. You shouldn't be keeping it that long. But why does it come? Because of the word, because of revelation, because of, of pouring that out. Uh, it's not, not many times the reason why people think it is. It comes because of the word. Then verse 18. And others are the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches... And the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Worry will choke your harvest. The deceitfulness of riches will choke your harvest. The cares of the world. You, uh, Nicole was telling me, Rebecca, this morning about a story that you had. You had something that you were concerned over and worried over. And then all of a sudden you said, this is not right. This is not right. I'm not going to worry over it. And what happened? It showed up. The harvest showed up. When? As soon as I dropped the worry over it. Worry will choke out your harvest. Anxiousness. He says, fear not. Why? Because we got a good God. But he says, look, if you worry over it, it'll it'll choke it out. Then he says, verse twenty, and those are the one on whom uh, on these are the ones on uh, on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. So when you get seed, good seed in good soil, it will produce. It will produce. In terms of finances, let me just tell you, we've learned this not only by the word, but we've learned it in experience. Not every place where you sow your money is good soil. You always want to sow in the kingdom stuff. You want it to be advancing the kingdom of God. You want the word going out. Why? Because I want to finance the word going out. Not not somebody's um, organization that they're just doing because they feel bad about the sin that's in their life. You realize there are a lot of charities and nonprofits. The only reason they're there is somebody doesn't want to accept Jesus, but they want to feel better about themselves. So they give it out of the wrong heart, the wrong root, and it's producing the wrong fruit, or at the very least, a limited fruit. But the Word of God and the Kingdom of God never produces the wrong fruit. And there are certain ministries that you can sow into, 
And it won't produce the same. They're not winning souls. They're not making disciples. They're not moving in the power of God. They're not moving in the love of God. And they're, they're there for the wrong. You've seen many of them on TV. They're, they're sitting there and they're, it's like they're coming up with gimmicks for you to give them their, their, you know, give your money basically. Listen, just because somebody makes a good emotional plea for you to give doesn't mean that you should. Even, even like today, look, I'm, I'm giving you the word. I'm not giving you Brian. I'm giving you the word, and you're going you're gonna to see that in full. But if you feel emotional about it, I don't want you to give out of emotion. I want you to hear from the Lord always and only do what he says because the biggest offering is not because it's big in amount. It's because it's obedient. It's obedient. But different soil produces different fruit. Good seed, good soil, good fruit. All right, then he says this. He says, on them it produces 30, 60, 100 fold, verse 21. And he was saying to them, a lamp is not brought to, uh, to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed, it's not brought to be put on the, it, is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. For whoever has to him, more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. In other words, one of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure that when we receive from God, be it seed, be it money, be it light, revelation, it applies in everything. When he gives us that, our job is not to take it and hide it. Our job is to give it away. <coughs> our job is to shine. Our job is to take it. Anybody ever had, will you hand me that bottle? Um, anybody ever had a situation where the Lord is talking to you about something and he's bringing revelation in you? Uh, somebody was, oh, it was Paul uh, not too long ago. You, you get some revelation on something. God's dealing with you. He's teaching you something. And then all of a sudden, within days, you run into somebody and they need the exact revelation you just got. And what he's saying is this, God always, I've never seen the Lord take something and not use it twice. You know, he takes something and he wants you to have it, but he wants you to let it shine. If it's of him, he wants you to let it shine. The same thing, whether it be revelation or money or whatever the seed or the promise of the word is, he wants you to take it and he wants to get it in you producing a harvest so that that harvest can then have a second harvest in somebody else. Yep. He's always wanting you to walk in it. How can you give something away unless you've received it? How can you give away uh, the revelation of healing unless you've received healing as your own revelation? It's not going to work. But he says, look, the whole point, part of this parable right here, the whole point is I want to get things into your life, not for you to hide them, but for them to be shown. He wants to give us, and well, in 2 Corinthians 9, an abundance to do every good work. Well, that abundance there by context is 
finances, but that's a principle in the kingdom of seed time and harvest. I want to get you a harvest, not just in finances, in every portion of life so that you can give it away. I want you to be carrying joy and hope so that people say, why are you so joyful and hopeful? And you are ready to give a response to that. He says you need to be ready to give a response for the joy or for the hope that is within you. God wants us to walk in a harvest so that we can give it away. Seed is the great equalizer. He says this, for whoever has, verse 25, whoever has to him more shall be given and whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Verse 26, and he was saying, listen to this, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed on the soil. The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed on the soil. He boils the whole kingdom down and shows us a principle of it by saying the kingdom of God is like seed time and harvest. Do you understand now why the devil fights offerings and everything else dealing with finances? Because if he can take away seed time and harvest from them, they won't understand the kingdom and they won't flow in it and they won't operate in it. Then he says this, and he goes to bed at night and gets up uh, by the day and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. In other words, he just planted the seed and he's trusting that God will bring the increase. 28, the soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. Then the mature grain in the head. Verse 29, but when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The harvest has come. Verse 30, and he said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed. How many parables is he going to give us right here that the kingdom is like seed? When you understand seed and you understand time and harvest that goes along with it, you'll start to understand how the kingdom works. Then he says, how shall we picture that kingdom? It's like a mustard seed, which when we sow upon the soil is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil. Yet when it grows, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. Now, This is important because you start to understand, hear this, I don't have to start with much for God to turn it into something great. I don't have to start with much for God to turn it into something great. All I have to do is just purpose in my heart to become a sower and God will give me the seed. And if I'll take that seed Little as it may be, or as big as it may be, and I'll plant it, God will turn it into something great. Now, finances makes a great medium to explain this. But it's not just about finances. It's about faith. It's about the word. It's about our confession. The kingdom of God functions like seed time and harvest. And to understand and operate in the kingdom, you must understand and operate in seed time and harvest. When you see, and then in Genesis 8.22 he says this, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain. In other words, as long as you're here on this earth, 
it will function like this. And so if you understand seed time and harvest and you understand its principles, then you can also uh, have a great harvest in the kingdom of God. Now what things are seeds? What seeds has God given us? What functions in this way? What things has God given us that we can plant and it'll grow up and produce a great harvest? Well, I'm just going to give you four of them today. There's probably more that you could find. And, but why? Because the kingdom functions this way. But I'm going to give you four main ones. Number one, the word is a seed. Two, faith is a seed. Three, our confessions of faith are seeds. And four, our offerings are seed. So the word, faith, confession, and offerings. These are four main seeds that the Bible shows us and talks about. And if we will learn how to operate in seed time and harvest, we'll learn how to operate in the kingdom of God. Now look at the word, Mark 4, 14. We just read it just a second ago. The sower sows the word. Now see, what do we do with the word? What we'll do, has anybody, God ever made you a promise? Uh, you got a whole book of them, right? If you will take that word and you will sow it into your heart, the soil of your heart, that thing will start to grow in you. It'll start to grow in you. And it'll start to grow in you. And that word will start to come to, up to life inside of you. The word will start, that promise will start to come to life. And then all of a sudden, you go down the road and now you planted the seed in the soil of your heart. You apply some time to it. And all of a sudden, one day, that word, that promise goes Boom! And you're like, I got it! Healing is mine! Glory to God! Provision is mine! Hallelujah! And what's happened is the word has now turned into harvest. And it's producing in you. That's what we would call uh, when it goes from being the logos word or the written word to being rhema that comes alive inside of you. All of a sudden, the word comes alive inside of you. It comes alive. And then this is what he says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the alive word, the rhema word, the one that comes alive. Faith is produced when the word that you planted as seed in the beginning comes alive inside of you. And so when we understand seed time and harvest, we start to understand how to operate in every promise of God. I'll take his promise, I'll plant it as a seed, and then over time, and I'm, I'm thinking on that promise, I'm meditating on that promise, it's rolling around in my spirit, and then one day I get up and all of a sudden that promise has turned alive. It's a rhema word on the inside of me, and that's when he says, does faith come? And then Jesus said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but man will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's every rhema, every alive word. So I will eat on those alive words and faith will work on those alive words that I planted in my heart and I meditated on them and I let the Lord bring it to fruit in my life. So when we have a promise from God, you can go through this book and you can take every promise and you can plant it in the soil of your heart. 
Now you need to work on the soil of your heart. It may be hard soil to begin with. It may have some rocks, some old doctrine, some sticks to trip over. Mankind throwing stuff. Girl, that won't work for you. Do you know where you come from? That's a stick. You've got to get those sticks out of your garden. You've got to get them out of the soil. You don't want to trip over. You may have some old doctrine, some rocky soil, some rock hard stuff. No, that's not what I was taught when I was little in my church. And all you've got to get those rocks. Let the Holy Ghost tenderize the soil of your heart. But if you'll plant that promise and you'll keep working to keep the soil of your heart ready and fertile, all of a sudden one day that promise will come up and you will reap the harvest and you'll step right into healing. You'll step right into prosperity. You'll step right into the goodness of God, His protection, His deliverance, His restoration. You'll step right into the fullness of God's salvation. That's how that seed time and harvest with the Word. The next one that we looked at is faith. If you can just write this down, a word that we already read, Mark 4.31. It's like a mustard seed. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. When sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than the seeds upon the soil, it will turn into a great harvest. Well, Matthew 17.20 says, and he said this to them, because of the littleness of your faith you couldn't do this, and truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. So one of the things that we see is my faith is a seed. And I can plant that in trust in God. And he is good soil who is always leading me to triumph. I can plant that faith. I can plant that faith and it will produce a harvest. Now, what, well, well, I don't have faith to get healed right now. I, I get that. I understand that. I've been there myself. And I'm constantly working to grow my faith as well. But you don't need the whole harvest to start with. You just need a seed. Yeah. All you need is a seed. And God makes this promise. He'll give seed to the sower. If you look over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. At the end of it, it says this, And God has allotted to each the measure of faith. Every person already has the seed of faith within them. And who gave it? God did. He gave every person a seed of faith to jumpstart everything in their life. It doesn't have to be big to begin with. It just has to be something that you will take and plant. The next thing that he's given us as a seed is confession. Confession is when we speak aloud the word of God. Confession is when we speak his promises. You know, the word says this, that, he's, that we're going to be judged by on every idle word that we speak. In other words, every time we speak something that doesn't produce fruit, it's idle. And that's what that word means. It's not productive. If it's negative or idle, we're being judged negatively on that. Only, only way we get into good is when we're confessing the things that are the promises of God and the truth of God. That means a lot of the talk that we have throughout our lives and at work and throughout our day that's not about the goodness of God. If, if we're saying things that don't bring glory to God and don't cause other people to praise God, we probably shouldn't speak them. Well, I was just talking about this. It wasn't negative. Did it produce? See, we need to let that challenge us. Did what I say produce? Right. Our confession. It's so very important that we understand that our words are very important. Look at Proverbs. Look at this with me. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. 
Proverbs 18, verse 20. With the fruit of a man's mouth, with the what? The fruit. The fruit is the result of a seed. In other words, this is the fruit that will be produced when you give words as the seed of your mouth. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be filled, will be satisfied, and he will be satisfied with the product of his lips. This is what he's saying. What is he saying in his life? Look at verse 21. It says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Eat its fruit. Our words are seeds. Boy, get down from there. You're going to break your neck. I wouldn't say it. Every time I get ahead, something comes along and knocks me back. How's that working for you? We will eat the fruit of our mouth, the product of our lips. These are seeds. Doesn't he say the word is a seed? It's not just his word that's a seed. It's our words that are seeds. And when we start to speak what God speaks, all of a sudden we start to see what God sees. We start to have what God says. Look at this as well, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Many of you have read this, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Look at this. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now this book of the law, you can say the word of God, the truth of God. This book should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Look at what it does. Day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And if you'll do that, then what happens? For then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way. Listen, you will make your way. You will make your way. And then you will have success. Many times people's uh, prosperity or their ability to have things go their way and have success, it's in their hand and many times it's in their mouth. It's in their confession. Not just many times, all the time. That word there, meditate, in the beginning of it, you'll meditate it on, on it day and night. Now, we think that that word meditate is to think about it. But that word in the original language doesn't actually mean just think about it. It means something different that will cause us to think about it. It says to mutter it or to confess it. Think about my word day and night. Put it on your mouth and mutter it and confess it. And then you'll start to meditate on it all the time and you will make your way prosperous. Seed of the word, the word of God, the promises of God. Seed of faith and the seed of our confession. These are three seeds. What's the last one? The last one is offering. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. Does anybody get anything out of this? Is anybody's life changing? Good. This is some of the greatest scriptures you can ever hear because it's not just talking about money. It's talking about finances here, but it's not just talking about money. It's talking about so many things in the kingdom of God. And it says this, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So in other words, how I plant seed is how I will reap seed. 
So listen, now let's not apply it to money yet. I, forget about that for a second. How I plant the promises of God in my life, if I plant a lot of promises of God, a lot of the word, then I'm going to reap a lot of the word. If I plant faith, if I plant faith and trust in God and belief in God a lot, I'm going to receive the fruit of faith a lot. If I plant the words of my mouth, if I confess the truth of God and the truth of God only a lot, then I'm going to receive the truth of God as a harvest. So this is not just talking about money. It's talking about every promise of God. Remember, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and they're going into captivity for a lack of understanding. Verse 7, each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is the great thing about, about this. God's not sitting there going, you better give. You, you, you better give. You better give. God's not doing that. Right. How many people have felt like that before, though? Anybody ever felt like that? You might be feeling like it right now. And that's, it's okay. You know why? The devil comes immediately to steal the seed. And he tries to put condemnation on you before the seed ever even gets planted. He tries to steal the, the seed of the word. God's not sitting there forcing you to do anything. That's one of the beauties about the seed. He takes away the pressure by basically taking the seed, putting it in your hand, and then he says, you do with it what you want. You can put it in the ground. You can eat it. You can throw it away. It's your choice. The seed is one of the great equalizers that allows God to say, hey, I'm not going to force you to do something. I'm just going to give you the ability to come out of that pit if you want. And here's the seed to make it happen. It's a part of God's love. It's a part of him letting you partner with him and not forcing you to partner. He's not looking for robots. He's just saying, hey, you can do with it what you want. And the result of your life, you'll eat the fruit of what you do. But it's your choice. I'll give you the ways. I'll give you the keys. I'll show you the kingdom dynamics. And then what you do with it is yours. But I'll give you the seed. If you purpose in your heart uh, to give, then I'll give you the seed. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. How much? Say it with me. All. All grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. The King James says, for every good work. So one of the number one things that the devil does to steal the seed is he teaches Christians that, that I don't have to have a lot. I just need enough to get by. Because God said you need an abundance for every good work. So if he can get them believing in mediocrity and get them in believing in average, he steals the good works of the future. It's one of the main ways where the devil comes and tries to steal from believers. Believers are supposed to have this wrapped up. He said, this is a small thing. Finances is a small thing. Believers are supposed to be living on the top. And yet they've been living in the bottom. Cars held together by Jesus loves me bumper stickers. And rust. And all of us have been there. 
but it's time to come up. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm coming up today. He wants you to have an abundance for every good deed. He's not wanting you, he's not calling you to live in mediocrity. He's calling you to produce. And while I'm at it, listen, God is not a socialist. He's a capitalist. Have you ever read the parable of the talents? He held them accountable for what they produced. He's not socialist. In any socialist system, the first thing they do is they strip out God. Why? Because that's not God's system is one of the, way, one of the reasons. He's a capitalist. He, know, he believes about production. That's not just a Western idea. That's, that's an Eastern idea. God's idea. Right. It's, why, it's part of the reason why uh, the United States has flourished is because they saw that in the Word and they applied it. Now, of course... You know, uh, the girls and I were talking as we were going down the road. Just like any other great nation or country that's ever been on the earth, many times people forget what got them there. Right. And they start, they start looking. They think that their success was by their own hand, not knowing that every blessing, every good and perfect gift came from God. And they start ignoring God. And before you know it, you see a downfall starting to happen. You've seen that in our country. But it's not because capitalism is bad. It's because we've forgotten who was the giver. We've forgotten who gave us the seed in the first place. But God is, believes in capitalism. He believes in production. Remember the one who didn't produce, the one who just said, oh, this is, thank you for giving this to me. I'm going to go bury it. What happened, what happened there? It got taken away. And when they got up to heaven, basically he said, you evil servant. Wicked. And the one who actually produced, he said, well done. Good and faithful servant. Why? Because they, listen to this, they were taking the seed and they were applying faith with it to produce something. More than what they had to begin. He said, what is he saying? You understand the kingdom. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let me ask you something. How much potential do you have? Listen, how much potential do you have? It's very important. The word says this, to whom much has been given, much is required. If he tells us that he wants to give us an abundance for every good work and we have the potential for abundance and we sit back and we live a life of mediocrity because we believed one of the rocks of a pitiful demonic doctrine that I have enough for my four and no more, and that, that's fine with me. We are responsible for that. He says, to whom much is given, much is required. And what, is he, what have you been given? Jesus. Amen. You've been given everything. You've been given everything. That doesn't mean everybody in here is supposed to be you know, a, a businessman. That, that doesn't mean that. But it does mean that each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose, and our job is to go to God and say, Lord, show me what to do, and I'll be obedient, and I'll take whatever you give me, and I will plant it in the kingdom of God, and I will produce, whether that be love or grace or mercy or finances or whatever. I will plant it in the kingdom, and I will see great fruit, and it will bring you glory. And Lord, you'll use me, even little old me, you'll use me, and all of a sudden God will rise you up and he says, look, 
I'll give them my glory. I want to be them. I want to make them an example so that people will glorify God. This is God's plan the whole time. He's not looking for people that don't stand out. He's looking to put his light inside of you and you to shine like a beacon. Not, not out of ego and pride, but out of somebody that, that they can't help it. The blessing of God gets on them. The blessing is on them. And they just walk around and the blessing's on them. And all of a sudden people are like, what is going on with you? How come you always succeed? And that person knows, I didn't do this like our country has forgotten at times. I didn't do this. This is God doing it. Because because I'm his child and he loves me and he loves you. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. It's God's plan. But then demonic doctrine comes in there and says, ah, you just, you just, just, just enough, just make enough just to have a little bit extra and you're good. Look, God's taking care of you. That's demonic. He's not just taking care of you. All throughout his word, he is excessive. Like he didn't know how many fish would fit in that net. Like he didn't know how many fish would fit in the boat and the other boat. Like, like he didn't know how full the cup needed to be, like when to stop pouring. No, he says, look, I'm a good shepherd and I overflow your cup. I don't just give you enough. I don't just fill it to the brim. I overflow it. Why? Because the overflow is not designed just for you. It's designed for the people around you. To understand this, you've got to understand seed time and harvest. You start to see people who have done great and mighty things for God, you'll see that they start to move in seed time and harvest. They start to understand, Lord, you've given me a lot, and I'm not going to bury it. I'm going to take it and do something with it. Seed is the great equalizer. A couple more verses as we wrap up. Seed is the great equalizer. Look at this. Mark 12, verse 41. I want you to see something. This is pretty funny, actually. Jesus sat down opposite of the treasury and began observing how people were putting money into the treasury and many rich people were putting in large sums. And a widow came up and put in two small copper coins which amount to a cent. What does that mean? This is what it means. Jesus came up here and he was watching the offering. And he was seeing what people were putting in. Now, if I did that, almost none of y'all would have ever came back. Be like, you better get your eyes off my offering. Just so you know, unless the Lord tells me directly, I don't even go look at what people give. I have no idea. I, I don't want to know. Why? I don't want to be influenced by that. Jesus apparently was strong enough to not be influenced by that. I'm not making that claim yet. I don't want to know. You might, you might be the biggest giver, and I'll tell you right now, I have no idea. So if I didn't treat you nice because you're the big giver, it's fair. Because I'm not going to be influenced by it. You might be the smallest giver. doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I just want you here to receive the word so that the seed of word can produce big in your life. I, that's my job. My job is to serve the flock. So if he tells me to go look, I'll, I'll go look. One time, one time he told me to go look. He said, you need to go look at the given. I said, okay. I went in, looked at the given, and I saw something, and he, and he told me something. I went to that person, and as soon as I said something, they started crying tears of relief. 
And, and he wanted me to see it because they were under pressure that I didn't know about. They were under a, a condemnation, and God wanted me to relieve them, and immediately they just got free. You know, that was, that was the last time I remember him telling me to go look at it. That was years ago. And, but look at Jesus now. Imagine this. Imagine the preacher. I was at a service one time. <laughs> I was at a service, and here's what happened. Uh, I went and I preached for them, and uh, they said, hey, bring that here. And, and, and they took it and they went. Y'all didn't give enough. Pass the buckets again. I was like, man, wow, that took guts. You've seen that before too, haven't you? I was like, wow, I'd never seen that before at that time. But that's what Jesus was doing. He was watching. Jesus watches your offerings. Oh, you better believe it. Y'all remember the centurion? This is not a Jew. This is not a child of the promise. He's a Roman centurion. And he had been giving into the church and Jesus knew about it. Y'all remember Cornelius? This was the first revival amongst the Gentiles. You know what God said to him? Your prayers and your alms have come up before me. In other words, what you've been given, what you understand about seed time and harvest, it's come up before me, and I'm about to honor you. And they became the first revival in the Gentiles when Peter went there. God, if you honor God, he honors you. It's an important thing. Here he is, he's watching the offering. See, a lot of people would have problems with that. But this is Jesus doing it. He's watching. I love this, watch. He says this. Calling a poor widow came and he put in two small copper coins which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. What? For they all put in out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty put in all she owned and all she had to live on. Seed is a great equalizer. It took the poor and it took the rich and it took them down to the same place and it said, what's in your heart? They're giving out of their abundance. It was easy for them to give it. But she said, oh no, Lord, you've got all of me. And her little penny in the eyes of the Lord was bigger than, let's just say, the thousands that other people put in. The word says this in Galatians. You can pull that scripture up. I want you to see this. Seed is the great equalizer. Those who are will become a sower, God will put seed in their hand. When they purpose in their heart to become a sower, he'll put seed in their hand. And the amount of seed is determined by what they purpose in their heart to be. But then our job is this. Now watch. Our job is to take that seed and to plant it. That's what faith does. And then it says, Lord, bring the increase. And I believe that it will bring a harvest. I want you to understand. Listen, let's say that this morning I sinned. Let's say I just sinned this morning. Does that affect that seed? When I put a seed in the ground, even if I'm a sinner, that seed's still going to come up. Now the harvest could be lesser because of that. Because there are spiritual laws that do affect the harvest and a lot of times you'll see that. 
But what I'm saying is, seed time and harvest in the earth will remain. Look at this verse in Galatians. It says this, in Christ Jesus there is neither Jew nor Greek. Male, slave nor free man, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, when you put a seed in the ground, seed time and harvest works. It works. It works. I want you to see this. Come here. Mm -hmm. Johnny, come here. Stand over there at that last pot. Johnny, stand at that. When you purpose in your heart, to be a sower. It doesn't matter if you're white or if you're black. When you plant that seed in that pot, it's going to come up. It doesn't matter where you came from. If you had a good upbringing or a bad upbringing. If you were raised in the church or not in the church. If you do everything right or you don't do everything right. God says, I'll give you seed. And if you will walk in my ways and you'll plant that by faith, that thing's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. All of a sudden, seed is a good equalizer. It'll, it'll equalize between us. Faith is a good equalizer. If you plant faith, it's going to come up. You plant faith, it's going to come up. Does it matter what color your skin is? Black, white, Asian, Mexican, makes no difference. It's going to come up because seed will come up when you plant it. You can take that with you as a memorial. You can take that with you. Here you go. Here you go. It says Jew or Greek, slave or free, or in bondage or not. Uh, Jared, will you come here? Miss Felicia, will you come here? Let's say that Jared's been bad and he went to jail and he's in bondage. Let's say that Miss Felicia, she wasn't bad and she's been an upstanding citizen all of her life. When God gives you seed, and you plant it in the soil, it doesn't matter if you are slave or free, in bondage or not. If he's in the middle of a prison, but he plants a good seed in good soil, it's coming up. Just like if you were at home in your backyard, you plant a good seed in good soil, it's coming up. Our job is to become a giver. It's the great equalizer. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what your background is. You start to plant those seeds by faith. Go ahead. And it'll come up. It'll come up. It'll come up. Amen. Why? Because you plant a seed as long as the earth remains. Seed time and harvest will remain. Amen. You can take those with you. They're yours to keep. Yes, ma'am. Here you go. <laughs> That's all right. Barrett, come here. Kevin, will you come here? 
It doesn't matter if you're male or female. When you plant that seed, when God gives you that seed and you plant it in the soil, it'll come up. It's the great equalizer. You can go ahead and plant it. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. What God says is, if you will purpose in your heart, I will give you the seed. And if by faith you plant the seed, you will have a harvest. I don't care if you came up on the right side of the tracks, the wrong side of the tracks. If you're male or female, slave or free, Jew or Greek, black, white, Mexican, Asian, doesn't make any difference. I will give every person that opens up their heart the seed. And if they'll plant that seed, everything can change. I don't care if you grew up in the church or out of the church. You know a little bit about the kingdom of God or nothing about the kingdom of God. I'll give you seed. I'll give you what you need to start it. Thank you. You can take that with you. Here. It doesn't matter who you are. How many, how many times has the Lord told you you're not worthy? Not, none. How many times has the devil told you you're not worthy? All the time. Doesn't matter if you're young or old. Doesn't matter if you grew up in Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal. Makes no difference. The seed works. It's the great equalizer. It's the great equalizer. It's the great equalizer. Last verse in 2 Kings 4, verse 1. 2 Kings 4 and verse 1. While the devil's telling you, there's no hope for you. I'm the wrong color. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I'm a female. You know, when the devil's telling you all these reasons why you shouldn't, God's saying, I don't care who you are. You open up your heart, I'll give you the seed. And if you'll plant the seed, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain, and you can have a harvest. You just go and you do things I tell you to do. You plant them in the way that God told you to plant them, and it will work. You'll notice on the, when we open these packs on the back of it, it says stuff like this. This thing, uh, to aid in germination, soak the seed overnight. Sow in average soil in full sun. And in spring, after danger of frost, in frost-free areas, sow in fall to early spring. Sow seeds thinly and cover with a half inch of fine soil. Seedlings will emerge in 7 to 14 days. Blooms late summer to fall. There's instructions to those seeds. You've got instructions to the seeds that God will give you. And as you follow these instructions, those instructions may fail. But I'm telling you, when God gives you a seed, it's always a good seed. And when he shows you a good place to plant, it's always a good place to plant. And if you'll follow the seeds and instructions of this, you'll see the same results that everybody else does. Why? Because seed time and harvest is the great equalizer. He'll give you the word. He'll give you the promise. He'll give you the faith that you need to it. He'll show you the confession that you can make and you can plant that yourself and in finances he will give you the seed to sow. He'll give you the offerings. He'll give you the tithes. He'll give you those things to sow and when you plant them you will reap a harvest and it doesn't matter if you grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks. If your family had a big inheritance or no inheritance, makes no difference. You can come into the kingdom and operate under kingdom laws, become a child of God and it 
gives you the ability, no matter where you're from, to step up into the fullness of the things of God. All you have to do is say, Lord, I want to sow. I want to be a sower. I want to do what you've told me to do, and I will handle the seed properly. And when you plant that thing, all of a sudden, God say, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain, and if they'll plant in faith, I will bless it. I'll bring the increase. I'll bring the overflow. I'll bring the abundance for every good work. He's just waiting on somebody whose heart is pure towards him and understands these things. I want you to see something. 2 Kings 4 says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets cried out to Elisha. She cried out, Your servant, my husband, is dead. She's not coming from the right side of the tracks today. She's had a loss. Your servant has passed. And I'm in trouble. And she's crying out. She's crying out. Listen, many times we'll find ourselves the victim of life on a corrupted earth. And all of a sudden we're coming from a place of lack just like this lady was. But I'm telling you, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how it came about, sometimes it's our fault, sometimes it's not our fault. No matter how it came about, if you find yourself in a place of lack like this, you just listen for God and he'll draw you out. He'll bring you to the place of victory. He'll bring you to the place where you are restored. He's restoring you right now as we speak and he will draw you up to that new place. He will bring you a hope. He will bring you a light. He'll give you something to grab a hold of and he will not leave you in that pit. He will bring comfort to the person who's mourning. He'll bring a rope to the person who has no hope left and he'll give them the strength to hold on and he'll draw you to the place where you don't just walk but you walk in fullness. You walk in victory. You walk in the overflow. This is where that lady found herself. She needs help. Watch what happens. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slave. What kind of person, what kind of person sees a lady in that kind of trouble and then says, Oh, I'm going to come take your children. I'm going to take your son. And now they won't provide for you. They're going to provide for me. It's demonic. This is a demonic attack coming after this lady. And she's been in a jam. And then watch what happens. Elisha said to her, because here's the, here's the issue. She comes to the man of God. She comes to that and says, you got to help me. And then Elisha says this, what, what shall I do for you? He understands, yes, and it's important. He is a man of God, but he understands that the source is not himself. He is not the source of this. God is the source, and God's the one that will save her, and God's the one that will pull her out of this. What shall I do for you? And then he says, now here's the word of the Lord. Tell me what you have in your house. There's a principle with God, and it says this. You take what you have in your hand, and you plant it. What do you have? Tell me what you have in your house. Now there's a kingdom principle here that you're about to see, not in the Lord's kingdom, but in the devil's kingdom. When we're in poverty and lack, one of the first things that happens in seed time and harvest is he tries to get you to forget what you have in your hand. 
And this lady says this. She says, your maidservant has nothing in the house. That's her first. She has nothing. And then she says, except a jar of oil. Well, I heard, I heard Mark Barclay say it like this one time. Well, which was it? Do you have nothing or do you have a jar of oil? Because both of those don't work. Which one do you actually have? And you can see the demonic working against her. I've got nothing. And that's what the devil tries to do, to even steal the seed. Like, I've got nothing. I come from nothing. I've got nothing on me. I found myself in a jam. What can I do to help myself? God's saying, look, you don't have to help yourself except to have faith in me and trust me that no matter where you find yourself, I will take you out of it and I'll give you the seed to do just that. The devil will try to get you to forget that God is with you, that you have the seed of his word, that you have the seed of promise. He'll try to get you to forget that God with you is everything that you need. He'll try to get you to forget that. And all of a sudden, we'll sink further into the pit when we have the ability to come out. And the devil, this lack, this poverty, it'll make you look at that and say, I have nothing. Now, praise God. She's like, wait a minute, that's not right. I have a jar of oil. Because in the kingdom of God, if I'll just take what's in my hand and I'll give it to the Lord, God will do something miraculous with it. Look in the desert. A few loaves and fishes. A few loaves and fishes fed 5,000. That wasn't enough to feed everybody until it got in the hands of the Lord, until it was planted by faith in Him. And they didn't take this great big abundance to do it. The little boy just took what was in his hands. And the, the man of God hearing this, he's like, oh, you got a little bit of oil? He said, that's enough. You've got a seed. Doesn't have to be a great miraculous seed. It just says, you take what's in your hands. He says then right here, he says, <clears throat> he, then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, neighbors. Even empty vessels do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So in other words, you'll go get all these vessels and then you'll pour out of that little bit of oil. And when they get full, do you hear what he said? When they get full. When they get full. Yeah. Now you've got to think about that. Can you imagine the widow sitting up there with the little jar of oil in all these other empty jars? And it's like, he told me when they get full. What? in the world is he talking about? See, this is seed time and harvest. Take what you have. Be willing to give it to God. He, she didn't know what she was going to do with oil after, but I'll take this oil and I'll do what you told me to do with it. I'll plant this into the, into the Lord by faith, whatever he's wanting me to do. He says, pour it into those vessels. And when they're full, set them aside. And listen to what happened. All of a sudden he says this, she went in uh, from him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. And she poured. And she poured. And she planted. She understood now, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be planting the seed of the word that God gave to this man. And she poured. And she poured. And she poured. And when the vessels were full, she said to the son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Now, this is a big key. When God says, go and borrow not a few, you need to listen to him. 
Because as soon as she didn't have any more vessels, the miracle stopped. As large as her expectation was, was as large as the miracle she received. But her miracle was limited by her expectation. Now, if it would have been us, we'd have probably gone and got three or four. It makes it look like here she probably got a bunch more than three or four. You know, we can, we can look at her and judge her, or we can say, praise God, Lord, help me to see right when I get in that position. But if we took it in real expectation, we'd have been traveling, trying to find vessels. I mean, we'd have gone, we'd have called everybody we know. Give, you got any vessels? Give me a vessel. Give me a bowl. Give me a bucket. I don't care. Give me what I need. I need some vessels, vessels, vessels. Come here and stand with your hands formed in a cup. Just come and help. I need vessels. Yeah. Our expectation determines our harvest. She came and told the man of God. You see here, she still didn't know what she was going to do with oil, but she comes and tells the man of God, and she says this. And he said, go and sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. She received so much miraculous oil from the seed that she gave to God in faith. She received so much. She paid the debt off completely. Her sons were saved. Restoration came to her house and even the provision for the rest of her life. Go and sell it and pay off your debt and live on the rest. And we know that when God pours out a living, it is not just a little bit. It is life to the full till it overflows. Seed time and harvest. It's the great equalizer. Whether you find yourself in lack, or you find yourself in abundance, it equalizes. Whether you find yourself in the wrong place or the right place, you just turn to God in his kingdom and you say, Lord, I'm a part of your kingdom. And I operate just like you operate on seed time and harvest. Lord, give me the seed and I will plant it. Give me the word and I'll plant it in my heart. Give me the faith and I'll plant it in your kingdom. Give me the words to speak and I'll plant them by confessing those things. Give me the finances and I'll plant them in your kingdom and I'll receive the harvest and it won't just be a little bit and it doesn't matter what where I come from, what color my skin is, what situation I find myself in, all I need is the seed and you will give me the seed. I don't even have to produce it. You'll give it to me. So as we give today, listen, I'm not asking you to give great big stuff. But what we learned today, we need to apply. And we need to say, Lord, this is how we give. I don't give just, you know, paying a sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I give according to the seed that you put in my hand, and I'm going to be obedient to it. It can be one penny, or it can be great and mighty. The key is if you're willing and obedient, obedient and willing, then you'll eat the good of the land. But you may be saying this, you may be saying, I, do I even qualify? I feel like I've been the sinner. I've, I've been out of place, and, and the soil of my heart is not good. I need, I need to operate in the place where, where my heart is good, where the soil is good. And you may be saying that I've not been living right. I need, I need to come up to another level today. I need to come up to another level today with you. I just ask you right now, just bow your heads and play some music back there. Right now, you may be saying, I don't even know if I'm in the kingdom. I don't even know what to do with it. 
I don't know if I'm, can I operate by these principles? Can I operate by these laws? Anybody that's listening can operate by these laws. They can get a hold of the great equalizer, seed time and harvest, simply by stepping into the kingdom through Jesus Christ. And when you do that, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been or where you come from. God will give you everything you need to come up out of the pit and come to the place of His abundance. And you can have that right now through Jesus. Even though we've messed up, even though every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, God came to save us, not condemn us. He sent His Son, Jesus, to save us and not condemn us. Guess what He did? Guess what principle He was applying right then? He gave us the seed of His Son. And now He's going to reap a harvest of you in His family. I'm going to give my son... I'm going to sow them into the earth, into mankind. And I will reap a harvest of the body of Christ. I will reap the harvest of my family. And when you come into his family, you come in full adoption. You come with full inheritance. No matter how much you messed up or where you found yourself, whether you came from the right or the wrong side of the tracks, it doesn't matter. God planted the seed. And that great equalizer puts us all at one place. Lord, we need you, but by faith that you've given me, I can receive you because you've given me the measure of faith. And by his seed in his son, no matter if we were born rich or poor, Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, no matter where we find ourselves, the seed of Christ equalized it so that all of us could put faith on him and be received into his family and step into the place where everything changes. Today I invite you to come be a part of the family and if you are a part of the family of God through Jesus Christ, I invite you, let's get that relationship where it needs to be. Most of you here I know, you know Jesus. But it's time to plant the seeds of your faith to live the rest of your life so that God can reap a harvest of the fruit of your life on the level of His will. So right now, Lord, we give ourselves to You. Lord, we receive Your forgiveness. We receive the seed of Jesus into our heart to produce a fruit in me. That I am not my own. My thoughts are not my own. I give you my thoughts. I give you my actions. I give you my words. I give you my faith. If you want that today, just pray this with me. Just say it right now out of your mouth. Say it loud. Say, Jesus, right now, I receive the seed of your life into my life that was dead. But now I will be alive again. As we reap the harvest of the seed of the life of Christ. I believe that you died for me. That you took all of my sins. All of my mess. I believe that you took it on you. And you paid the price of that death. And I believe that that price 
took you to the cross and the grave. And I believe that God brought you up out of that grave. And He raised you up and seated you in heavenly places. And when He came up out of that grave, He didn't leave me there. I became a harvest of His love. And He raised me up and seated me with Christ according to your word. Jesus, I ask you right now, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and with fire so that I can live the way you want me to live. Full of strength and full of life. In Jesus' name. I ask you right now, Lord, open up to me more the keys of the kingdom, the ways that you have established. Help me to see them and help me to walk in them that we may walk in your abundance and nothing else. Your abundance, not my ideas of abundance, your abundance and nothing else that we might do every good work. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you right now that you would just show to each person. Lord, show them the seed that they have for today, the seed that they have for your, from your word, the seed that they have to sow. Whether it's financial or not, Lord, Lord, I ask right now, Holy Ghost, shine the light. Reveal to them the seeds of their life that they're to give. Not just this morning's offering. Show them the words that they're supposed to say. Show them the souls that they're supposed to win. Show them the time that they're supposed to sow. Show them the thoughts that they're supposed to give to you. Show them the fear that they're supposed to drop. Show them the faith that they're supposed to put on. Lord, show them the seeds. Highlight it. Show them. Show them, Lord. Holy Ghost, open it up. In the name of Jesus, every deception that's been on people, holding them back. And Lord, while they've been looking at the outside, they've been looking at, at the things that have been holding them back, listening to the wrong voice. Lord, blow all of that away. In the name of Jesus, let every deception and every veil disintegrate and fall to the ground now and let them start to see, no matter who they are or where they come from or what position they've been in recently, that they have a God that will give a seed to every sower and they can come up out of that place and not just come out a little way, but they will come out in the greatest of victories, the greatest of might, the greatest in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, spring up hope in their lives. Spring up hope in their lives. Yeah, right now. Ha, ha, ha. Miss Martin. Lord, right now, Lord, show hope. Show the ability for you to come and bring her out of every place. To bring her from the place where she's been to the place that you have for her. Lord, let her see it. Let her see it for real. Let her see that there's hope. Let her see that there's a greater place. Let her see that where she's been before, even the greatest places in her life, they're just the beginning of the great mighty plans you have for her in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Father. Let hope come into her. Thank you, Lord. Let your spirit right now empower her. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that breaks every yoke, that breaks every thought. Let hope, that same word applies for you. That same word applies for you. Let every thought and let every hope be seen and let her see that she can go up to new places in Jesus' name. Where it's been great before is only the beginnings. It's only the beginnings. It's only the beginnings. There's a great and mighty promise because of a great and loving Father. Zotanam amor kariyanche Hedehej skurururoma Baranamoso baroma akara ayeyeya kamon Epe and baroma ba Strengthen her Out of her belly will flow rivers of living water And bring a joy that doesn't even make sense <laughs> Bring a joy that doesn't even make sense From the top of her head to the soles of her feet Yeah, bring a joy that doesn't even make sense a joy that doesn't even make sense. A peace that passes understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, please. And you, you have your offering. Know today that it's not just an offering. It's a seed. Keep the music playing. Know today that it's not just an offering. It's a seed. And it's not just, it's not just a seed of money. It's a seed of faith. It's a seed of your trust. Even as you drop your offering in today, you can say, Lord, today uh, my life is changing. You know, and you may be a guest here. You may be a visitor. You might not have even been prepared to give. Let me just tell you something. And listen, listen right now. Listen. You might not have even been prepared to give. You'll notice that every person has an envelope. Is there anybody that needs an envelope? Raise your hand. They'll bring you an envelope. You got an envelope right now. Even if you didn't prepare to, to give today, that envelope in itself is a seed. It cost us something to print it. You can just return it empty and we won't have to print another one. And that's enough. It costs more than the one penny that that widow had. It costs more than that. It's more than enough to kickstart the harvest of your future. Even if you didn't come prepared to give, you've got a seed in your hand. And you just go and you drop that empty, that empty envelope in there. And you say, Lord, today, it won't be empty for long, in Jesus' name. It won't be empty for long. God's bringing me up. He's bringing me to a new place. And when you get up here and you drop it in, you might want to drop some seeds of confession in there. In the name of Jesus, this offering today is kick-starting my finances. I'm tired of being in average. I'm tired of being in mediocre. And it's not only is it kick-starting my finances, but that abundance will help me to do the good work of the kingdom that I'm called to. You might even say that and drop some seeds in the ground through your confession. But definitely as you're putting it in, you're saying, Lord, I plant this in faith. This is, this is being planted today. Of all days, today, it's being planted and it's being planted right. And it will produce a harvest in my life. Anybody believe that? Say amen. amen. Glory to God. Father, just hold your offering up. Lord, this is worship. It's faith. It's worship. Leave that music playing. Lord, we don't just drop this in and have no faith attached. It's a part of our worship. It's a part of who we are. It is seed. 
It's a part of your kingdom. And Lord, when we plant it, you will bring about a harvest. Lord, we receive it today with great expectation. Things are changing today. Just say it with me. Say, things are changing today. In Jesus' name, you can bring your offering.